When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're talking about on this show. Another fantastic ATP challenger to a recap from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro on today's show. They offer their thoughts on Nishioka Stricker, part two in Cleveland. Ponder the puzzling playing style of 24-year-old American Michael Moe. Dive headfirst into the wildcard debate and so much more. It is another fantastic episode that we know all of you Crack Rackets listeners are going to enjoy, of course, Hopefully, you all enjoyed my recaps from the grounds in Cleveland. I was so fortunate to be able to serve as MC for the event. As such, got to take in all of the action in person, and I offered my final thoughts on Cleveland on today's mini break podcast episode. Happened to be joined on that show by another person who was on the grounds in Cleveland, my friend, Coach Alex Manchilla. We offered our thoughts on seeing Dom Stricker in person for the first time, where he goes from here. Of course, our thoughts on Mo Nishioka. Fabiano, all of the other outstanding performers from the week as well. If you're interested in hearing that show, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. Of course, if you want to hear from 2022 Cleveland Open champion Dom Stricker, you can do so over on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as I had the chance to sit down with the 19-year-old for about 15 minutes. So, so polished is the talented young man. And I'm telling you folks, we are going to see more success from him, not just in the distant future, but in the immediate future as well. Really enjoyed the chance to chat with him think all of you listeners will enjoy hearing from him as well but of course you didn't come here to hear the plugs you already know all of our content available on crackrackets.com you came here to hear what Damien and Jakob thought about the past week in Cleveland so without further ado let's get to it another ATP challenger centric podcast from Crack Rackets contributors Damien Kust and Jakob Barbara another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, hello, welcome to the next episode of the Change It Podcast. Today we only actually have one event to talk with you about. Uh, it was a challenger in Cleveland where we had a pretty familiar final, right? Yes, yeah, deja vu. Um, absolutely. Uh, we had a different winner though in Dominic Stricker, uh, beating Yoshito Nishioka this time 7 5 6 1 for his second challenger title. Uh, Stricker now breaks into the top 200. Um, He's number 163 in the live rankings, and that's what he's going to be on Monday here. Moved up 41 spots. 
Uh, he's also currently the number one in the challenger race uh, by four points over Nishioka. Uh, since obviously they've had the same results for the past two weeks, if you if you add them up together. Uh, en route to this one, he beat Andreas Seppi, the second seed in the first round, then Emilio Nava, uh, Ernesto Escobedo, Michael Moe, before beating Nishioka in the final. Uh, what a week for Stricker, right? I mean, a couple of weeks, right? The, 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 yeah. like, we never really uh, were doubtful about his ability to peak at a, at a certain time, but rather about the ability to grab consecutive wins, especially in such a, such a short period of time. Um, I don't know if he actually did something you know, different in the final. I, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, he, he mostly just executed the his, his surf plus one game better in the opening set. The second was obviously Nishoka being compromised by a, uh, some sort of an injury. I think it was connected to his lower back. Couldn't really move since 1-4 since uh, down. Uh, there was a point at you know this week where I thought we were gonna get a point this time because we both picked Yoshihito Nishioka actually to win this yeah. to win this event and yeah I mean especially when when there was that final and you know having that Columbus one in mind where Nishioka was I mean very dominant uh this one this one seemed like it would be just the same i don't think nishoka was hampered much in the opener but it was definitely ailing uh towards the end there fantastic week for both uh, the the i actually watched the trophy ceremony uh and it, it would it, it, there were some pretty fun quotes because nishoka is going to dallas right now and mm-hmm. i mean Stricker was just like Mate, have fun, but I wouldn't like to play any tournament right now. After after all this, after these past two weeks, uh, and I mean, especially with Nishioka's injury. But he said he was gonna just go to Dallas today. I think, yeah, because it's still like a, a rather early in the US, and um, and he he was just gonna go to Dallas and hopefully be ready to play on Tuesday. I don't know if he will. Obviously, that's probably not only not up to him even at this point, but how his body recovers. Um, yeah, interestingly for Nishioka, only his second uh, challenger loss. Uh, well, in, in in a challenger final, his record mm-hmm. is now 2 um, which is, I mean, obviously very impressive. As, as you said, yeah, the, the first set was was um, tight, close. But in, in the second set, you, you could tell that Nishioka was mm-hmm. near his best. Uh, he does move up 15 spots, though, in the rankings, number 108, which makes him only 64 points away from re-entering the top 100. Uh, and just to recap his run, uh, he beat Dennis Istomin in the first round, uh, Yasutaka Uchiyama in the second round, Blumberg in the quarterfinals, uh, and Tomas Fabiano in the semis. Uh, speaking of Blumberg, he had quite a week as well. Uh, a quarterfinal there beating Kiroj uh, and getting a retirement from uh, Emilio Gomez and actually taking a set off Nishioka uh, while winning the doubles as well. So we, we know that he's a brilliant doubles player, but how did you like his singles this week? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right that we we already knew that he was going to be amazing in doubles, that probably he can have a, like a full-on career in doubles. He won Newport last year with Sok, obviously won three challengers with Schnur, went 17 and two, right? Something like that. Uh, and this year he had a loss the previous week, right? Uh, with with okay. Schnur, but I mean, obviously they're amazing. They 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 won again. 
but his singles was a very positive surprise, I think, because even though obviously he was amazing in college, he was far too good to have and you know to just do nothing in singles. Uh, you could kind of question like whether he was going to be able to even focus on this because he's he's without a ranking, obviously not anymore uh, as of Monday, <laughs> but he was without the ranking. Right now he's the, he's the word number nine hundred and five, I believe that that's what the that's what the life rankings say. Uh, so it's, it's still not enough to get into challengers, but a few a few wild cards or a few runs like this. I mean, he got 20, uh, 16 points out of this. I'm not sure why 16, actually. Wasn't it? Oh, maybe. maybe yeah, no, they, they, they actually, I, I know this because obviously I deal with uh-huh. the rankings and try to run the race. They they, they changed the, the, the numbers for, for this year. So it's really? 16 quarters, uh, 34 semis, and 54 final at, at a Challenger 80. Oh, that's actually fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 our boys will be getting some more points, uh, which really means winning of the year. But yeah, I guess it makes sense since ITFs were also, uh, I mean, the points for ITFs were also extended. Uh, so I guess it makes sense to to make challengers pay off even more. But I mean, that, that that's superb. Uh, I, yeah. I also think that it fits nicely with like having challenger fifties, winning uh-huh. a fifty, reaching the final of an eighty. A final at a fifty is like the semi of an eighty, and so on. So, so it's quite nice yeah. to more, more easier, more transparent. Okay, okay, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I was, I was very positively surprised. I think you can still uh, do a lot of damage, at least in challengers. Whether more, I don't know. But the, the, there's just a lot of good surf plus one game as well. There, like with the forehand, uh, I don't think it's like extremely powerful. But I, I love how it, how he can just. Uh, it's, it's like very wristy and can open the court, can can go in some very weird angles, uh, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. Really, I, I had a lot of fun watching Blumberg, which I never really had the the, the, the you know the opportunity to because uh, oh, actually, we're recording this in a little bit of a weird order, and I I will talk about it later, <laughs> which you don't which you don't know yet. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah. Uh, is there anyone that there's probably someone else that we should mention in in, in Thomas Fabiano, right? That that was quite a bit yeah. of a surprise, at least to me. Absolutely, I mean Fabiano. Uh, it was quite bad last year. Uh, I think the record was twenty thirty eight. Um, I, I I can't remember him reaching a semi final last year. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. He actually reached one in in Bari. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, quite quite high level. Beat uh, Mitchell Kruger in the first round in straight sets. Uh, beat out top seed Tennis Sandgren, uh, and then Cedric Mazzoshteb in the quarters before losing to Nishioka. So uh, quite a week for Fabiano for sure. Uh, Twenty thirty four is what I see, but it's even a little bit worse when you remove the Bundesliga matches. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah, Fabiano. Uh, obviously, very far off from what we've seen that year when he defeated Team and Tsitsipas in the slums. I don't know if he's ever like, capable of doing that, but I think he was one of the the players that were really I don't know screwed over because everyone had it like had the same. But he he didn't even play after the pandemic, like it coincided with a few injuries, and then never really got back to his true form, former self. And this year has definitely been better. I mean, even if 
uh, in not, not only this run, but he won consecutive matches in three events so far, uh, which is like, you know, just, if you're winning consecutive matches in, in every event you play, you're going to get uh, go up the rankings very quickly for sure. There was a great, great run from Michael Moe as well. He's such a puzzling player that I never really, never really know what to expect from him. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm sure you understand you know, what I mean. He's he he has that physicality of a guy who'd play so aggressively, and often his matches look completely the other way around. He, I mean, I I, I didn't know if if that word is even good for for describing tennis players, but pusher is a word that a lot of people. Uh, you know, still yeah, try, it, still try to. So, uh-huh. so, so puzzling because I I watched Mo very early on. Uh, I I saw him play doubles uh, in Wimbledon juniors mm-hmm. uh, when I was there in 2013, and then I saw him live against Zverev uh, at Miami. I think 2015. Uh, oh no, no, no sorry, uh, 2016 that was. And yeah, it is just so puzzling that he's so much of a pusher like um he he has the build and the athleticity the the he's athletically talented enough to to i think be an attacking player and it's just so weird why he strays away from that so hard um so it's yeah a a weird one uh i also wanted to mention alexis galarino uh one of your favorites uh coming good this week i mean he destroyed Gosso at uh, Nick Hart in the qualies, beat Ulysses Blanche, and then big upset over Liam Brody in the second round, eventually lost to Michael Modo. How did you like Galarno? Yeah, I mean, ever, ever since the start of the year, I, I think there's like significant progress in him. And uh, I, I love to see that. I think he's somewhat limited by a, I mean, quite, kind of similarly to Mo, maybe by a lack of weapons, although Mo could eventually develop them. I don't know if Galarno can. Like, there's been matches where his forehand looks like looks great, but uh, most of the time his strengths are different. He just like understands the game very well. He moves great. He's super consistent. Uh, at, I I always thought that at challenger level this could really work. Uh, not sure if I ever see him like going, you know, into the top 100 or something. Uh, I think you need. Most most players need a different skill set to achieve that. Obviously, there are exceptions, uh, but anytime I see Alexis Galarno doing well, is uh, is obviously uh, I like it. I mean, that the, 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 in the semis there weren't any college guys, right? But earlier there were there were a few of these uh, former colleges like Blumberg or Galarno here doing extremely well. I think there was also like a uh, yeah, the, the the doubles final was uh, everyone. Every single guy went to college, right? I, I think so. I'm not sure about Galloway, but yeah, Galloway definitely definitely did as well. Uh, yeah, Walford Walford College or something like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I, I, I I do not have that sort of like wherewithal to to. <laughs> Uh, know that much about college tennis, to be honest. So, I mean, I, I, I knew that Blumberg went, uh, but I don't know about the other guys. Yeah, I mean, even though we're here on cracked rackets, we we're both uh, a little, you know, a little green on college tennis. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Most of the time, it's just I I know that this guy went to college. Sometimes I can remember which school he went to, <laughs> but I mean, there's 
most of the time not enough hours in the day to for us to watch college tennis but uh but we try our best for sure and then it's it's always a lot of fun to see these guys then then succeed it's clear that this is right now a very viable option like that that's it, it's it's you actually don't lose anything going to college because people i mean my maybe if you're a, such a huge talent that that you're sure that your professional career is just gonna, I don't know, if Dom Stricker decided to go to college right now, I don't think that's a good good choice. Like maybe still, you, you still get four hours of good training and you like get experience that otherwise, you know, the transition can be pretty tough, but probably if you're a streaker, that, that makes no sense. But for 90% of players, I think this is a, this is a good idea, probably. I'm now looking, because if you are now looking at Michael Moe's 2016, and he actually played, after he played Alexander Zverev in Miami, he played Misha Zverev in Houston. That's quite interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, around yeah. the time when he was, yeah, he was expected to be the next big thing in American tennis. And, and it never really happened. And it, so I imagine because of what you said earlier, you, you think that this is rather like his inability to make use of that athleticism is limiting him. I, I mean, I, I really think so. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that he's doing so much more with his game than he does. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> okay. Um, I always have have this like in the back of my mind that I just really like attacking players and maybe like I'm I'm always looking for someone to develop weapons and all. But uh, in this particular case, I think it's like everyone who who's watched a fair, a fair bit of Michael Moe agrees that this just feels iffy when you when you watch it. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of like when you sometimes see like like Zverev when he starts playing super defensively. And it's sort of like, why, why, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, we talked about uh, Nicholas Gotzik playing with uh, Dominic Stricker in the doubles. They actually won a match together, uh, coming back from a set down against Uchiyama and Watanuki uh, and uh, took a set off uh, Galloway and Withrow. So quite, quite a nice showing from, from Gotzik. Uh, he might be somebody to watch in a couple of years. Uh, he's, only, he's still, I think, only 17. Uh, yeah, in, insanely young, so plenty of yeah. time for him. I did. I didn't get to see any of him. I, I watched some. Uh, I watched two matches of Lambrich Schnur, I think, but but not uh, not any of Godsick Streaker. Yeah, but that that, that that was that was pretty interesting. I mean, I guess at least no one can now say that the the wild card was just you know not warranted. Uh, not, not warranted. We we have a few of these. I mean, this is the total of topic, but. Uh, I was just, I guess we often talk about wildcards here and not necessarily even challenger ones, but I was very stunned by by a few of them, like this week on the main tour, like Holger Rune, for example, getting one for Buenos Aires. As much as I think he's an amazing prospect, uh, I know Fran- Francisco Serundolo is playing Qualis, who was yeah. runner-up last year. Or Rotterdam, where Songa and Mare with wild cards, and uh, I don't know Van, Van Rijthoven is playing qualies with a wild card. He, he actually qualified, right? Uh, because it's it's already done, uh, and so is uh, so are the qualies for. He, he, he lost to Luxon. Oh, he lost to Luxon, yes, but uh, um, yeah, Serundolo qualified. 
Um, oh, right. For for Buenos Aires, yes. And from the right of and lost today, yes. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, so I, yeah, that that's just very. Uh, I, I, mean, Ro- I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, I feel like Tonga and Murray getting those wild cards. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like as an event, you usually want like one of those. One, ra- yes, ra- yes, yes. Two. Um, but but then it's sort of tough. Like like, like are you going to send Tonga into the quali- into the qualities? It feels a little weird. Uh, yeah, but exactly, it's exactly my point. I mean, you you mostly just want one. I think I'm like always okay with a one wild card to uh, a marquee player who's either coming back or other otherwise wouldn't play or I don't know former champion something like this. But the rest should really be given to your country's best hopes, especially when you actually have people to give them to, like Van Rijthoven, who could could have easily won a match in in an indoor hardcore event, like anywhere if his serve clicks. Uh, and, and I mean, Rune probably got it because of some sponsorship deals again. Like he, yeah, yeah, he has he, like he, all the sponsors. Well. <laughs> I mean. Speaking of wildcards, I mean, th- th- there was one in there's one in Dallas, uh, Caleb uh, Shakarvarti, mm-hmm. who's unranked. I assume that he's a college player. Yes, I mean, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that, that, like, that's purely a college he, one. Yeah, th- 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 there's so many talented guys in the qualies uh, where I think that he could have gotten a, a qualies wildcard instead. I just got and just lose there instead, <laughs> rather than presumably I, in the draw to whatever no. qualifier is likely enough to get him. Uh, this might but, age very poorly if he wins his first round match. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really putting myself out here. Yes, uh, and he's actually playing a qualifier, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the qualifiers there I think should beat him though. I mean, looking at the field there. Um, it's, yes, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a complete off topic, but uh, I mean, about Chakra, Varty, just one more thing is that uh, it, it's an interesting case. I've never seen him play, but in most cases, the college guys just, I don't know, that they still play a few events each year. Yeah. And he hasn't played a single ITF since 2019. I mean, 2018, even. Uh, just hasn't played any so there's like zero info we have on him unless you watched unless you watched him in college so that's gonna be i mean quite exciting to watch he was actually announced like way back sock and kruger were announced were announced a few days ago i think and chakravarti was just announced uh like a month ago by dallas but yeah as, as we said that's a total off topic i mean it's i think we can still talk about it because these are the, the players that we mentioned are are still guys that we that that we that we have either talked about or we will talk about or you know as as challenger fans you're you're used to them. So let's go to match and upset of the week. Uh, what's your match of the week, maybe? Yeah, so match of the week. Um, I I didn't see as much as as I wanted to see this week, unfortunately, because I was covering uh, an ATP event. But I went for Nishioka against Blumberg. I thought it was a very interesting matchup. Uh, Blumberg obviously had a great week this week, um, and he went a setup against Nishioka. Nishioka came back to win three six six four six two in the quarterfinals. Uh, who was yours? Yeah, I think I'm going to go for a Blumberg match as well. <laughs> I mean, but maybe against Kiros. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I would I would have loved uh, him playing Nishioka more if the third set was more competitive, I'm assuming. Yeah. But it, it was like the first time I saw Blumberg like properly in singles this week. 
because I, I, I did never used to watch him in college. I never used to watch him before because uh, back in like 2017, 16, I wasn't really following the Challenger Tour that much. So I, I only ever knew him as a doubles player. Uh, last mm-hmm. year, I probably watched one of his matches, but like it, it was just, you know, so so long ago already. And I really enjoyed, enjoyed that this week. Uh, was very pleasantly surprised at his level. Uh, probably could have made that win against Kiros Kliner. He he had to come back from a, from a set down. But I, in general, enjoyed... I, I, yeah, I watched every single singles match from Blumberg this week, and I, and I, and I really enjoyed all of them. Uh, for upset of the week, I went for uh, Thomas Fabiano over Tennis Sandgren in the second round. Uh, Fabiano, I mean, oh, he, he he is good on hard courts. Like almost all of his challenger success has come on hard courts. Um, but he was just so like mediocre last year that I did not even think of him as a potential contender for an upset or or anything like that at all. Uh, so to see Sandgren. Uh, beat Harrison in such a tight match in the first round, seven six in the, in the third, uh, and then lose to Fabiano. I was I was quite surprised. Uh, who was yours? I would go for Galarno Brody. Uh, from what I'm seeing, it's also the one that the bookies would go for. Uh, Fabiano Sandgren, yeah, it wasn't that big for them. I guess I just never, uh, don't think that much, that highly of Sandgren right now. But Galarno Brody <laughs> surprised me, especially in the extent of it. I mean, uh, even though I spoke. Uh, a lot of, I mean, a lot of positives on on Alexis Galarno on this podcast already over the past year. Uh, I still didn't expect him to like be so comfortable in this matchup, especially as a player who doesn't have that many weapons. Who's like, well, I don't know, the best asset is probably like tennis IQ, consistency, court coverage. I didn't think that would match up well against Brody. Uh, but for some reason it did, and it was really a stellar performance. A great week from Galarno, and and even. Uh, even though he lost in the qualies, I believe uh, at Columbus, I, I, I have to yeah at Col- uh, he lost in the to Mejia in Columbus, but but defeated Kovacevic in a in a great match. Uh, the first two tournaments that he's played this year, uh, I am very very thrilled to see progress in in his game and would love to see more of that. And I I definitely didn't expect Brody. Uh, I think. At the, at the at some point of the week, I thought we were probably going to uh, get a point in the predictions. Finally, obviously we yes. didn't. Uh, but um, I, I thought Brody was probably one of the only players who can stop us, and it turned out that uh, that he lost to Galarno, which which really took me by surprise. Blamberg Gomez would actually have been a bigger upset according to the bookies, but obviously couldn't pick that one really since it was a retirement. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, should we go to the previews? Sure. Yes, we have two events coming up next week, one in Cherbourg, uh, one in Bengaluru. Um, unfortunately, once again, Bayamon, uh, the second event was cancelled as well due to COVID. Um, most of the guys who played in Cleveland sort of just stayed in America and went to Dallas from what I saw, Dallas or yeah. Dallas Quali. Uh, so we sort of have a a fresh field uh, in a way. So uh, where would you like to start, Cherbourg or Bengaluru? Uh, wasn't Banga- Bengaluru like called Bangalore different earlier? It is still called Bangalore. Okay, I mean the Bengaluru is the Indian name, I guess, right? I don't know. I mean, Possibly, yeah. I have no idea. I've actually never thought of that before. But yeah. Okay. It's even um, even on the Wikipedia it says Bangalore, officially known as Bengaluru. So I guess we can just use them interchangeably. Never mind. Let's let's go yeah, there then. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's we'll start in Bengaluru, where we have top seed Yiji Vesali coming straight off a disappointment in Poon, where he couldn't defend his title. Starts against a qualifier here, uh, then Matthias Borg or Prashen Shkunesvaran. The other seed in the section is Enzo Kwako playing Rishi Reddy, an uh, in, in Indian wildcard. Uh, winner of that face is Ramkumar Ramanathan or Max Purcell. Second section, we have Ugo Granera against Vitkop Shiva, big first round there. Uh, winner of that face is Jay Clark or Chun Xin Tseng. Uh, then we have Federico Gallo, the other seed, facing a qualifier. Winner of that plays Gianmarco Moroni or uh, Saket Mineni with a wildcard who complete sort of blast from the past for me. I've not thought about him in so long, uh, Mineni, but here he is. Uh, third section, we have an all Aussie derby in the first round, Alexander Vukic playing Jason Kubler. Winner of that face is one of the qualifiers who meet in the first round. Uh, other seed in the section is Alto Chili Blake uh, playing another qualifier. Winner faces Mark Polmans or Kimmer Kopians. Final section, we have Stefano Travaglia, the second seed, playing Alexander Muller. Winner faces Dimitar Kuzmanov or Prajval uh, Dev. Then we have Elias Imer, seventh seed, playing Cem Ilkel. Uh, winner of that faces Yevgeny Donskoy or a qualifier. Uh, so how do you like this draw? Uh, who jumps out at you here? It's quite cool for an event in Bangalore. I mean, it's uh, everyone is complaining about the quality of the ATP events in India usually. Uh, but the challengers actually you know, are pretty nice. We've got two top 100 players. Uh, in the qualities, a few a few players that we want to check out. I mean, Sasi Kumar Mukund was amazing in Forli. Uh, we've seen uh, Gabriel Decamps do do so well in Rio last year. Uh, mm. I'm I'm really excited to see to watch him play against uh, Ferreira Silva tomorrow. Like that, that's a really big test and you know some some sort of an uh, an indicator of where he is. Uh, uh, also, Ariur Kade, that might be someone interesting, right? He he lost to the eventual champion in Pune, yes, Joao yeah. Souza, and that was like a great match. I I was. So surprised to see him play this well, and especially obviously now that in the in the long run we, we can see that Joao Souza went on to win the title, uh, it it just has even more importance. Uh, another Indian wildcard from the qualities I really wanted to check out was Niki Kalianda Punacha. Uh, you probably weren't following the Bangalore Challenger back in 2020, were you? Uh, no, I was not. No, but this guy uh, this guy went out of nowhere and defeated Rosol and lost a very tight one to Sugita and he was like a huge underdog in both of them and I, I remember seeing him there he had like a great forehand and I, I figured that maybe this guy was going to rise up the rankings and he never really did uh, but anyhow uh, he lost to Andrew Harris who's also a, a very interesting player because he's returning from, from injury of course or like two years was it that he was missing I think he, he didn't play since the pandemic until Australia this year or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, as you as you, as you mentioned, uh, the first round matchups, some of them are pretty great. Uh, Kubler Vukic, I I really want to see. I wonder if Kubler's confidence will be higher after the mixed doubles final at the at the Australian <laughs> Open. Does that even work uh, that way? Grenier Kopriva and Clark Tseng, That's another fantastic section. Uh, in terms of looking for picks i'm not really trustful in vesely recently there are a few guys who did very well in pune and and they they are in one section 
to me, Stefano Travaglia and Elias Immer. And this is, yeah, this is, this is what I'm looking at mostly. Um, for some reason, I feel like maybe Elias Immer takes more from that week. Like this is a guy who still has so much potential and I don't know if he's ever going to like break the top 100 or not, but he, he certainly has the game to do so. Uh, I might regret this pick if Travalia beats him, for example. Maybe maybe not, neither goes far, but I mean that that's what I'm gonna go for just on the basis of the of the good week that he had in Pune. Wouldn't hate a Vukic pick as well, as as you guys probably know. I am a, a big Vukic fan too. Uh, so, so so you're going for yeah? For I'm gonna go with Imer. Yeah, I mean, um, the, the last guys you mentioned, Imer and Vukic, were, were my final two that I was sort of mm-hmm. picking him. I really liked Vukic uh, in Pune against Muzetti. That was a great match uh, that he played there. Uh, I like his section as well, but I like Imer's section even better. I mean, Ilkal has okay. been quite bad this year. Uh, don't score a qualifier in the second round. I quite like it. Uh, he, he beat Travalia last week, so yeah. I feel like he, he's going to go into that with confidence. Uh, so I'm picking Imer as well. One note on the draw, though, I'm surprised uh, Yuki Bambri isn't playing singles here because he is in the doubles draw with a wild card with uh, David Charan. I couldn't find anything about why he's not playing this event. Uh, kind of surprising, really. I watched the match that he lost to Travalia in Pune. I don't think he was like injured there or something. So probably not this, not this idea. Also, Toshihide Matsui is playing this as well. Oh, that's always that's always fun. <laughs> He's like what forty four almost probably at this point. Uh, forty three, uh, uh, forty four in April. Uh, with a playing with, with Marcos Calavellonis, um, yeah. who is now Russian. I remember him being Greek though. Last time I last time I saw him, um, isn't so, he so now Greek again? Because I think he was Greek, then he was Russian, and then he went back to being Greek. And I, I, yeah, I, I am quite confident he is Greek right now because he played at the ATP Cup, I believe. Oh wait, yes, or, or yeah. maybe he was just in the in the team didn't play. I can't remember, but but no, he he was Greek. Uh, I'm he is Greek. Then uh, switched nationality <laughs> to Russian, and then then to Greek again, I believe. So yes, yeah, he he is now Greek again. Uh, my bad. Um, yeah, so, so, so Emer, we both pick him once again, we go for matching mm-hmm. picks, uh, didn't work for us last week. Uh, it was very but yeah. tight, very tight. Yeah. I mean, uh, I really thought that we had it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for, for Bangalore, uh, or, or Bengaluru. I mean, it's a, a lot of guys that I watched last week in, in Poon. How early does uh, it start? <laughs> <laughs> That that's always uh, an important issue when talking about okay, it's it's not that bad. It's 8 30 in the morning for me. Well, similarly to Pune, I should know. Okay. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of it this way. <laughs> um yes, should we move on to Cherbourg? Yeah, I think we can. Yes, uh Cherbourg on indoor hard. We have the, the top seed. Uh, Benjamin Bonzi uh, coming back to the Challenger Tour, which I was not expecting this year. Didn't didn't see it coming. He plays a qualifier and then uh, potentially another qualifier. Or Kenny De Shepper, uh here with a wild card. Also didn't see that coming at all with all the young French talent that they have. 
and see Kelly the, the, the Shepherd picking up a wild card, but I'm always happy to see him. Other seed in this section is Roman Safulin, uh, who plays a qualifier, and then Jack Draper or Gregor Barrer. Second section, we have Denis Novak, the fourth seed, playing Gastao Eliash. Winner faces Zizou Bergs or Andrea Pellegrino. Other seed in the section is sixth seed, um, Quentin Alice playing Erold uh, Mayo. Winner faces Ruben Bememans or Maxime Janvier. Then we've got Tomasz Machac playing Michal Kukushkin, an interesting first round, I think. Uh, winner faces Constant Lestien or Mohamed Safwat. Then we have a little French corner here with Luca Puy, the eighth seed, playing a qualifier, and the winner facing Antoine Juan or Luca Van Ash. Uh, final section, we have Pierre Hugues, uh, P- sorry, Pierre Hugues Herbert playing Kasper Juk in a very, very fun first round here. Winner faces Philippe Horansky or qualifier. Then we have Jules Simon playing Marc-André Hisler uh, facing uh, then Ernest Kulbis or another qualifier. Uh, as far as the qualifiers go, really strong qualifying field. Uh, the likes of Materer, Sachko, Foretek, Rosenkrantz. So somebody could definitely mix up uh, the, the field. So uh, who do you like here in the share board? Yeah, Materer is a pretty weird site, right? Would, would, wouldn't he have? No, he actually wouldn't have made it. Yeah, he was the first alternate for for the for the main draw. Uh, yeah, it's, so, it's a very strong field. Yeah, yeah, it just tells you how strong the field is, really. Though, especially the amount of players ranked between like 220 to 130, 120, something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really cracking first round matchups. Uh, Draper with if if they play as well as they did in recent weeks, that that should be absolutely amazing. Um, usually, I'd be excited for Arnold Mayo playing Alice, but I mean. The power difference in this one just kind of scares me, <laughs> and I think Alice might be just just winning that easily. Um, Kukushkin Mahaj, obviously, I think we've seen that. Yeah, we definitely seen it at uh, at one of the Australian warm up challengers, Tararagon. Yeah, uh, and that was a great one. Uh, there was that twenty minute game at the at the beginning of the decider, and then then Mahaj went on to win it. Uh, Joker Bear is obviously for me as a poll. That's that's a match I'm gonna be. Uh, looking at very uh, very precisely, I imagine that this is actually a pretty good draw. Like initially, when I looked at it, I was, yeah, again a tough draw for Zhuk. But then, you know, if you if you actually think about it, you probably can't really complain with getting Arber right now. He's he's not. Yeah, good. I mean, he, he he was pretty good last week. Beat Kokushkin and Goyovchik. When he of- when he played them, yes. But I I watched some of his match against. Uh, how is the guy called even? I, I can't remember. Um, uh, Sasha Gaymard Woyenberg uh, or something like that. I, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how to read it in, in French uh, and couldn't really couldn't really find it. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, the Herbert that we've been used to in the past few months. And then suddenly, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the match against Bublik also, he he played quite well, right? So, okay, yeah, maybe maybe I am underrating Herbert. I, I, I forgot <laughs> he played this well in, in Montpellier. So, Coming back to my previous point, a tough draw for Zhuk. <laughs> uh, right now, I actually think it's a tough draw. Uh, the Shepherd won this event in 2014, so maybe they just like their former champions. But uh, I mean, I'm, I don't see Nicolas Maï or Arnaud Clement in the draw. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, uh, when it comes to winner picks, uh, I mean, obviously, I always go Quentin Alice, but <laughs> the draw is so tough that I actually don't even know 
Like the, it's it's really hard to pick something out of this. You could easily go Bonzi. Uh, I watched him against Goffin in Montpellier. This was actually the second time in a row that they played in Montpellier. And again, I mean, I, I think Ben is the better player right now out of these two. And he just cannot perform at the ATP level. He was absolutely dominating this match. 6-2-4-1, I think. 6-2-4-1 uh, up. Uh, he was just having all that confidence to go the backhand down the line, uh, playing very well in the forecourt. And I, I just thought that he was just going to you know, break Goffin again and, and stop it. And just just get a great win that is gonna give him a lot of confidence to perform on the main tour now, and yeah, and he didn't do that again. And that's he's got a good section. I mean, he should prevail in the first two rounds, and then he could play a tough opponent in Barre Draper or Safiulin. But I mean, everyone is gonna play a tough opponent at this point. So I, I think I'm gonna go for Bonzi just for the very. Just because I'm very confident that he should prevail through the first two rounds, then again, it could be Marterer, right? <laughs> Waiting for him. Yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty crazy that when because usually when we're looking for winner picks, we look at the draw and there's a qualifier, and that tells you, okay, I should probably be picking this guy. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be picking Ozzy. I'm now thinking, but then again, uh, Mahat starts against Kukushkin. He played so well at the Australian Open, and the draw is, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna do a late switch and go for Thomas Mahaj. just because he played so well at the Australian Open, and this half of the draw seems weaker. I'm just too scared of Ponzi drawing Marter in the first or second round. Fair enough. Uh, that, that, that's a fair point. If Mahaj beats Kukushkin, I do like a second round. Yeah, uh, exactly. I thought that we were going to match full all the way because I did pick uh, Benjamin Bonzi to to win this event. Uh, I, I, I like the first two rounds. Even if Marderer comes up there, I still like it. Okay. As he said on the ATP tour, uh, he's not had a good year so far. Um, he's he's beaten Kovacic and he's beaten Carbaez Baena. Uh, as you said, had a had a weird like end of the match against mm-hmm. Gofan where he just got beaten. Um, so I mean, I, I feel like him dropping back uh, to the challengers, maybe for some confidence or really maybe just for some points. Uh, so, so you can main, maintain that uh, ATP tour level ranking uh, makes sense. And with the, this draw, I think is very generous uh, that he got here in the first two matches. Um, obviously, Draper, Barrer, Safiulin, mm-hmm. um, the quarters could be tough, but I, I like him in those matchups and I like him all the way. Benjamin Bonzi for me. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I totally agree with what you said about Mahaj. It's the only thing I'm scared of there is the first round, first of match against Kukushkin. Mm-hmm. Like if he prevails yeah. through that, I think he's the favorite to go to the semis at least. And Bonzi, yeah, I, I, I don't know if he just, if he gets Marterer. Uh... But then again, I mean, I, I've, Benjamin Bonzi has played uh, just at times, he's played at a ridiculous level this year. The, the beginning of the match against Goffin, the Goyovchik one was insane. He hit like 21 aces. I mean, he's like a servbot right now. <laughs> when he when he's confident, when he's actually playing well, because then after the Goyovchik performance, I just thought, okay, Kachanov, this is going to be a five-setter. And Goffin was, you know, just seemed, seemed very, very winnable and was definitely very winnable as he led 6-2 for one. Uh, yeah, but I would love to see him pick up more confidence. Uh, I don't know if it's a good idea to play here instead of Rotterdam. Probably. If he can win these two, three rounds at least, then then I guess. If if the 
the other option was to go to Rotterdam and lose in the first round, but I guess you never know that. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's important to remember just how like badly he did at the end of last year. He he went on what is mm-hmm. this like five match losing streak here. Um, so I I feel like confidence is a big issue for him right now. Um, and yeah, he he could go to Rotterdam. Maybe he gets a good draw and he wins around. But I feel like winning the title here would, would, would set him up quite nicely confidence-wise going forward. This we year. always figured it was overplaying, right? Just Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we didn't think that he ran out of steam, yeah. but it, it might just be that he's this like weird in-between player where he's... <laughs> that is possible, but I just at times he just played far too well for that. The, that that 15 match win streak that he had in Ren, Cassis and uh, whatever... <laughs> Saint-Tropez, Saint-Tropez, I think. That, that was just too good. And uh, even these five losses that you mentioned, like when I'm looking at it right now, it's, I mean, Nishioka, Milman, Laksonen, that, these aren't bad losses. I mean, Popko indoors, I think certainly could be qualified as such. And Rosenkrantz, I mean, it, it was a huge upset, but Rosenkrantz is, you know, Rosenkrantz that week defeated Mike Schack, Bonzi and Herbert, right? Or, or did he lose to Herbert? He defeated three top 100 players anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so I, I don't think it's you know when I'm looking at it, I, I, I just don't think it was that bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, as I said, I, I'm gonna go for Mahaj. But yeah, I guess at, at both events we had the same two guys in mind. Uh, at like you know the, the the guys that we wanted to go for were, were Bonzi Mahaj in in uh, Sherbrooke and. Uh, Fukic and Iber in in, ba- in Bangalore. In Bangalore, we ended up going for the same share book. We've got we've got a different idea. Uh, okay, so I guess that's what that's where we're gonna finish it. Um, see you in a week when we're gonna discuss Bangalore and Sherbrooke. Uh, and thanks for listening. Bye. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Cracked Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. I know I say this every week. I mean it sincerely. Each time I do, you are not going to find two people who more closely follow all of the action week in, week out on the Challenger Tour. Thus, we remain immensely grateful for the work of Damian and Jakob. Of course, this is not the only podcast we've got for all of you listeners this week. There is action happening across levels in the tennis world right now. Now, we know we had three ATP events last week that, of course, I'll recap on the mini break podcast show here today as well as we look towards this week. ATP Tour, rocking and rolling. WTA Tour, rocking and rolling. Challenger Tour, back in serious action after only one event last week. Of course, there's constantly tens of ITF events happening across the globe. It's also ITA Division I Women's National Indoor Championships in Madison. We'll be previewing that event and then broadcasting it all on our Cracked Rackets. YouTube channel over the course of the next week. We've got our Cracked Rackets Deciding Point weekly recap shows every Tuesday, Thursday night live on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. If you're not, come hang out with us. So many of the players you see in the top ranks of college tennis go on to compete in the challenger level. I think there's some serious crossover appeal for listeners of this show. So if you haven't already, please come check us out. And, you know, you're going to admire the work of super producer Daniel Westoff, who, as always, has a f- of an editing job to do. Sincerely, 
folks. I don't know how he does it. I, I It's easy to talk into a microphone and say, hey, I have this idea. He has to make the idea presentable to the public. Best in the business, folks. Immensely grateful for his friendship and all the work he does for us here at Crack Rackets. Of course, if you've missed any of that work, Catch up on it all on our website, CrackRackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, The Mini Break, the uh, Cracked Interviews podcast, and our YouTube channel to ensure that you don't miss out on any of the content. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at CrackRackets. You want to message me directly, I am at GreatShotPod. A shout-out, as always, to Super Producer Daniel Westhoff, once again, for the job he does day in, day out. With all of that said, for... Our fantastic hosts, Damian Kustan, Jakob Babro, Super Producer Daniel Westoff, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.